Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in studio for our special Hanukkah edition of the Christians with Torah podcast. That's right. It's not only a podcast about the Torah portion, but it is, of course, approaching the third night of Hanukkah. That's right. So, and I am here with Pastor Nick. That's who that was. Yes, thank you. Every week, weekend. I try to weekend. be here every week. Yeah, you know, you're pretty faithful. I'll give it to you. I like it. Yeah, no, it is. It's pretty good. So, uh, awesome stuff going on. We are studying the Torah portion, Miketz, which means at the end, uh, and this can be found in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 41 and verse one, and ending in chapter 44 and verse 17. Excellent. Once again, we are involved in the character of Joseph. We know that the uh, uh, the book of Genesis is really ultimately about the family of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now Joseph. Joseph. So right out of the gate here, we're going to jump right into this particular uh, Torah portion. And Ryan is going to read Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 8. Joseph explains Pharaoh's dream. Bum, 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 bum. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kine upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kine did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kine, for Pharaoh awoke." And he slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up upon the stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears, and blasted with the, uh, with the east wind, and sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, and there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, and I and he, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. To each man, according to his dream, he did interpret. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Ryan, that was incredible. I said to read verses 1 through 8, and you just continue on in the storyline. I just, you I, know, It was good, though. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't stop it. Yeah. I, 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 I actually just forgot that you said to 8, and I was trying to figure out where would be a good what? spot to stop. Listen, I like dreaming, because <laughs> dreaming can make you mine. Uh, Remember, you know, this is an interesting storyline, 
because Joseph interprets these dreams of the chief butler and the baker. Yeah. You know, and let me tell you something. The hanger, the, well, the butler got hanged. That's what he got. He got hanged. Yeah. And, and uh, well, no, it was the, the baker got hanged. The butler was, was free to return back to, to Pharaoh. Let's get it right. So anyway, uh, so, you know, Joseph makes a point to tell the butler, please remember me. Please remember me, you know. And so it's interesting because uh, we know that two years go by, two full years. And then all of a sudden, we have, of course, uh, Pharaoh's first dream. And, of course, basically seven healthy kind or cows come out of the river. You know, it's like a Chick-fil-A commercial. Eat more chicken. A kind is a cow. So here are these seven healthy cows come up out of the river and uh and then seven other cows that were of course ill-favored and lean uh, lean fleshed up they ate the other cows that were well favored and fat and of course you know that's what he, he's like oh my goodness you know seven and seven and then of course he has a second dream where there are of course seven ears of corn that were rank and good and here here they come up upon this this corn this 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 grain and then seven thin ears, okay, that were blasted with the east wind come up after that. Uh, and of course, what happens? The seven thin ears of corn devour the seven good ones. So you have these series of sevens, actually like four sevens. But anyway, uh, the, the, the moral of the story is two sevens. And of course, you know, when Pharaoh awoke from his dream, he was very troubled and of course, he told the magicians and all the wise men about his dream. And the sad thing is, none of them could interpret his dream. Okay. And so when the word was getting out in his court, in his administration, uh, he tells this dream. Uh, of course, uh, the chief butler comes to, of course, Pharaoh to tell him, hey, listen, I was down in the dungeon. You were not happy with me. And, uh, and I had a dream, and I was, of course, uh, my dream was fulfilled, and I'm still alive, and I'm very grateful for this man, Joseph. And, and Joseph, Joseph was a dreamer. Joseph was a dreamer. Dream. Because I know a man. Yeah. Dream, 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 dream. <laughs> yeah, I feel like going to sleep now. Maybe I could have a dream. Old men dream dreams. Maybe I don't want that. Oh. So all of a sudden now, Remember, Joseph was 17 when he was thrown into the pit. And we're just going to tell you now, he's 30 coming before Pharaoh. He had to shave himself. And of course, he uh, changed his raiment or his clothing. This is going to fall uh, into play later because of his appearance. You know, because of course, you know, when his brothers come later, which we're going to see, he's 30. Uh, and so he is, of course, shaven and has new clothes. And of course, you know, the cool thing about Joseph is he gives the credit for his ability to interpret dreams to God. Which we should all give credit to any of our abilities to God. Yeah, remember, here, here's, here's a rule of thumb. Here's some advice. Don't go to just other people and tell them your dream and ask them for an interpretation. <laughs> Always go to God for an interpretation. Oh, and by the way, have you ever heard of pizza dreams? It's when you've had too much pizza the night before, and of course, your, your brain is just full of activity, long-term, short-term memories kicking in, all these things. Matter of fact, they actually say, usually the last thing you meditate on or think about is what you dream about. So it's interesting. So the moral of the story is this. Here's your advice. If you dream, God will give you the interpretation, okay? And of course, um, Pharaoh tells Joseph his dream, and of course, uh, we know that um, Joseph was able, able to give the interpretation, 
Uh, and of course, here's the interpretation of the dream uh, given by Joseph to Pharaoh. He basically says this, Pharaoh. He says, well, bo both your dreams are like one and the same. He says, there would be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Mm. The healthy cows ate the unhealthy cows. The, the, the good stocks were, of course, eaten by the unhealthy stocks. Yeah. So, a, of course, a, a famine was going to be coming after seven years of plenty. There would be seven years of famine. And so as this story develops, uh, so when Joseph suggested that Pharaoh place a man over the land of Egypt to gather the seven years of increase, guess who Pharaoh chose? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes, Ryan, I see that hand. Yosef. Yosef it is. That's right. Door number one. He picked Joseph. He was so impressed. He was so well pleased. He just knew that, wow, this guy interpreted my dreams. And, and I'm, you know, and once again, what happens with Joseph's life? Even in Potiphar's house, he has favor. In the prison, he has favor. Now he's in the court of Pharaoh. And check this out. He has given the position of second in command. Wow. So that's a good administration. That is. Yeah. You know, it's the opposite of like Haman under the Persian king, you know. Yep. Ahasuerosh, this guy is shady. You know, and so what happens is he is, of course, second in command. And then what happens is, you know, after a Pharaoh named Joseph by the name of Zephnath Paania. Mm -hmm. Now, check that name out. You're not going to be Joseph anymore. You're going to be Zephnath Paania, which means abundance of life. And of course, who did Joseph marry? Now, this gets very, very uh, interesting in, in, in regards to the Egyptian culture. Joseph ends up marrying Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. So a priest's daughter among the Egyptians. Wow, check that out. So there's some dynamics there that are already kicking in as far as another ethnic group, which is Egyptian. And of course, Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. Now, a lot of you maybe have heard that Joseph is a type of Messiah, you know, because of the things that happened to him, you know, from the pit to the palace and different things, you know, uh, the type of a suffering Messiah. Messiah ben Yosef is the one that would suffer. And then Messiah ben David is the one that would come and conquer. But we won't get into all of that uh, among Judaism. But, but once again, we know that Yeshua came the first time and he did suffer and he will come again to rule and reign. Now, in Genesis chapter 37, verse 2, it actually tells us, that when Joseph was checking on his brethren, he was, of course, 17 years old. So 13 years have gone by from the time of being in the pit to the palace. Remember that. And of course, what's going to happen now? Joseph is going to have two sons, and the first son is Manasseh. Manasseh means forgetting right? So the first son comes out and Joseph, of course, he's had to go to deliverance and Christian counseling and everything and all this <laughs> because, you know, he had to be on a few talk shows to talk about how bad his family treated him. Yeah. And he had to be, of course, healed of that. So he's like, listen, you know what? I've lost everything and I'm forgetting all that. Now I got a new life. I got a new look, right? I got, I got, a, I, I, I got a new, a new drug. And so here he is. He's like, Hey, you know what? Manasseh comes out first. He's the, he's the firstborn. Then, of course, the second son is called Ephraim, and Joseph is like, look at me, man, I am fruitful. I am fruitful, and so he has Ephraim, which means fruitful. So, so we have Ephraim and Manasseh. They are now, they've now entered the story. They've entered the story, Ephraim and, 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 and I'll let you share a little thought, but it, of course, here's the interesting thing. So we have seven years of plenty, and when is Ephraim and Manasseh brought out? But during the times of plenty. Come on. So as we get to witness uh, our economic situation, or even in America today, e even for the most part, I would say the last 20 years, 
uh, in regards to the two houses of Ephraim and Judah, we can see plenty. Right. Okay. There's not really, uh, there, there is definitely a famine for the word of God, but as far as economically speaking, we are not in a famine. So check that out. So both of his sons were born during the times of plenty, and that's what we're seeing even today. And of course, the seven years of famine, they began, and of course, all of the face of the earth was hit with this famine, Yikes. all of it. So it was a pretty big uh, epidemic there. And of course, in Genesis chapter 41, verse 57, it says, And all the countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because that the famine was so sore in all the lands. So literally, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. God had to create a circumstance to bring forth a family reunion. Yeah. Be careful about what you're groaning about and moaning about, because... God is going to have his way. God is creating circumstances to bring about the restoration and regathering of the whole house of Israel, to bring about Ephraim and Judah, all of us Gentiles coming out of the nations. How can we hook up with Judah? How can we hook up with, the Judah, with, with, with Judah today? God is in control. And so this is what we're seeing. And so because of this famine, we have, of course, 10 of Joseph's brothers were sent by Jacob to Egypt to buy corn. Now, remember, you always go down to Egypt, but you always go up to Jerusalem. And so, of course, the only brother that was left to stay with his father, it was Benjamin, Benjamin, the youngest of the brethren. Now, why is that? Because he did not want any harm to come to him. He's like, listen, Joseph is gone. A wild beast has devoured him. And now I have only Benjamin as my youngest son here uh, from the wife that I love so much, Rachel. And of course, Joseph's brothers went down to Egypt to get food. And when they, of course, came uh, and, and, and in front of, actually, Joseph at that time, who was a regent of the second in command, uh, they didn't recognize Joseph. They didn't recognize their brother when they bowed down to him. And so when they came into the court and everything and all this was happening, because Joseph was like an administrator. He was administering the food and different things. And he, he probably had the gift of administration, definitely, after all of his experiences in Potiphar's house and the prison, he definitely had a gift for administration. So here's the cool thing, Ryan. So the brothers go down to Egypt, and they see Joseph and everything, but they don't recognize that that's their brother. But he recognizes them. Oh, yeah. You know, see, that's what's happened today, everybody. Those of you that love the Jewish people, love Israel and everything, uh, you know, we love the Jewish people. And so we know that they're they're chosen by God, and they're, they're Mishpachah, they're family. And, of course, we are grafted in. And, and we know even in this movement, this thing has been hijacked to some degree. But the bottom line is that we know that the Jewish people are our brothers and sisters, actually, in the Lord. We know that. We just know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. But they would consider us like righteous Gentiles or, you know, the nations or whatever. But they don't even see the big picture in a lot of cases. So, Ryan, what, what do you think about that, that, that we know that the Jewish people are our brothers and sisters, but yet they don't really kind of comprehend that? It's just like this story. Well, and, and, you know, I don't even think that you have to be buying into, quote-unquote, our version of the two houses to believe this, right? I mean, the simple fact is that if you're in Christ, you're the seed of Abraham. And if you believe what Paul says in Romans 11, that we're grafted into the olive tree, the olive tree is Israel. We are part of Israel, which makes the Jewish people our brothers and sisters, like it or not. Um, but I think that when you start reading this and believing it, and you, you get on board with God's plan and what he's doing in the earth, because this is absolutely the move of God. When you get on board with this, God will start to make it very personal to you. 
And, and what I mean by that is that God will start to bring people into your life that you actually get to see miniature restoration and reconciliation of the whole house of Israel, like a, uh, the coming together of, of Judah and Ephraim. And so we have it coming, you know, here at our congregation with Orthodox Jews from Israel coming here and, uh, and joining with us, Pastor Dick's mad at me. He's like, I'm stealing his thunder. I'm not thunder. mad at you. No, nah, I'm just like, no, I'm just thinking, okay, I just, I want to throw this in real quick. Okay. Who is Ephraim? It's all these different ethnic groups. Right. That are not Jewish. Well, it's the multitude of nations. This is biblical history. Ephraim folks. is the multitude of nations. So if the yeah. if the prophecy is true, Ephraim is the multitude of nations. So if you take it from that, you understand that we are grafted into Israel as part of the multitude of nations, and we become part. This is a prophecy that God foretold from Genesis, right? That he, here we are today. Woohoo! I'm here. You know. Um, but you know, e- even for for me personally, you know, God has placed certain people that are Jewish in my life that, you know, the, the relationship, there's something there that, um, brings us together that doesn't necessarily make sense. Right. And, you know, and and looking at Ryan, you know, it's amazing to me because Ryan is basically a white Cuban. (laughs) I mean, it's like, He's really Cuban. He's a white Cuban, but well, you, yeah. you wouldn't think that I got he's some European all these enemy. different ethnic groups yeah. that are going like like with me. You know, I made a big deal about my Hungarian grandma. My Hungarian grandma, seven yeah. percent is Eastern European. That's true. I need to get my DNA done because I always say, right, I'm I'm, I'm a quarter Cuban slash Spanish. I'm a quarter Greek. I'm an old chap, and then I've got I'm like an Englishman, English, Irish, Scottish, Dutch. I got all that stuff in me, right? Yeah. But so, but I mean, that's a picture of the multitude of nations, right? I'm an Ephraimut, you know, as we so lovingly call ourselves, right? Because we are the scattering happened, right, and now it's being it's incredible folks there's no going back oh, it's yeah. one of the most incredible stories i've ever heard in my life oh yeah uh, i mean next to the gospel this story is unfolding right well, the, before here, our very eyes here's the cool part and this is what i think people don't realize like god has planned this the, the gospel message this is kind of like the underlying message of the gospel right we become part of his family and paul and understood all this part of his chosen the apostle paul through the gospel right so so this is the benefit of the gospel this is your identity in christ Right. So, anyways, we can we can and you know, we have a lot to talk about next week. But so here's we'll, the thing, and, and like I said, I don't want to insinuate anything. I'll give you some some theories, some whatever. But here's the thing. So all of a sudden now, Joseph accuses his brothers of being spies. So something clicks inside of him, and he's going to begin to test them. Now the question is: Is this from God or is this Joseph doing it? That's from God. Now I think he's inspired <laughs> to some degree for sure because it's kind of like you know, did my brothers ever learn a lesson? for what they did to me. Where are they at? He wants to know yeah. where they're at. Where's their scruples? Where there's morals, right? Yeah. Where's the morals at? And so basically, Joseph's brothers shared about their family background and that their younger brother was with their father. And of course, Joseph demanded of them, hey, oh, really? Bring back their younger brother. So now they're telling the story, right? Yeah. I think it even says in here that, uh, let's see here. Oh, they say one is not. One's no longer with us. Right. That's the little story. And Joseph is right in front of him thinking, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't even know. Here I am. Mm. How you like me now? Mm-hmm. Right. So here he is. And they basically, one is not. And our younger brother's left with our father. So he's accusing them of spies. He says, oh, you tell me this story? He's like, okay, bring back your younger brother. For the most part, Benjamin. I would say prophetically with our relationship with the Jewish people, this is where we are. We are in Miketz, right? We're working our way into Vayagash, which is next week, um, which we'll probably have a lot to say in oh, Vayagash, right? It's that's been, the mother load. It is. 
but you know, here we are in Miketz and this is where we are. You know, it's so funny. I was talking with a, a, you know, a good friend of mine, he's Jewish. And we were talking about this particular idea that, that we are part of Israel. And he's just like, I've never even heard that, you know? And so this is what's going on, right? He's my brother standing right in front of me and has no idea that I'm his yeah, brother. Orthodox Jew, Chabad. Yeah, right. I know. Isn't it? It's, it's, it's exciting. It's divine appointments. God is doing it. Amen. We don't force anything, right? We don't have to super glue or duct tape nothing. It's all coming together. Now, here's the interesting thing. He says, all of a sudden, now he's going to test them. Right. He accuses them of being spies. You are spies. And it's interesting, too, you know, because I'm sure they accused him of being a spy. Oh, you're spying on us for dad. Oh, right. Exactly. That just came to my mind. That just came to my mind. Wow. Oh, yeah. You're spying. You know what we're doing? We're just, we're just taking us. out the layers, you know? So here, here's what he does. Now, remember, Joseph was thrown into a pit. We don't know how long he was in there, but here's the situation. If I'm talking really fast, it's because I've had coffee. Here good, it is. Good coffee. Joseph put his brothers in a situation that would allow them to think for three days. That's 72 hours. Wow. He puts them in, in a holding cell or whatever he does for three days. And, of course... Uh, Basically, if the brothers did not return back to Joseph with their little brother, uh, they would die. He says, if you do not bring back your little brother, you are going to die. Wow, that's a, that's a stiff penalty. Yeah. Now, you got to remember this pharaoh that Joseph is under. He killed the baker. He was hung and birds ate his flesh. <coughs> this, is, this guy is not to be... Well, a lot of scholars think he was young, right? That he was very young. But he um, says, I was a father to Pharaoh. He talks right, about Joseph that. says that later on. And right. Joseph was only 30 right. when he becomes... So all of a sudden, things start to sink in now. Because they knew that they're, they're uh, you know, they, they sold their brother into Egypt. And here they were in Egypt. God only knows what happened to him. Joseph lost everything. Well, they start to feel guilty about what they did to him. And, and let's look at Genesis 42, 21, Ryan, if you could read that. Here I am. All right, it says, And they said one to another, We are very, verily guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. See, you reap what you sow. Boy, Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Deal right. with those things. You Go know? make it right. You deal with those things. So, you know, and, and this is where it gets to be very touching because Joseph was privy to a lot of things when his brothers did what they did to him, ripped his coat off and threw him in the pit and said things and did things that probably we don't even have record of or whatever. But let Scripture interpret Scripture. And here we have something very interesting. When Joseph heard Reuben speak to his brothers about his opposition to harming him, man, Joseph had to leave the room and weep. Yeah. Because he probably thought, man, nobody cared about me. They had it all in for me. And here's Reuben who lost the birthright by laying with the, you know, the father's maiden, you know, and, and he's like, he left the room and wept, says, man, one of them did care about me. He didn't want to have any harm come to me. And, and so the thing is, Joseph took Simeon from among his brethren and he bound him before their eyes. So, so is, was he the instigator at the pit or something? Did he say something or do something, Simeon, that he would be taken out of all of them? I think he did. I think yeah. he was a little instigator. Yeah, he was, for sure. And remember what Simeon, Simeon and Levi did to Shechem? Oh, yeah. They, they, they killed all the males. Right. Because they were circumcised and couldn't fight and were, were, you know, had a handicap there. That's found in Genesis 43, 23 in regards to, uh, uh, of course, taking uh, Simeon. From among his brethren. Uh, very interesting. Um, is that 43, 23 that I said? No, 21. The one I just read? 
Oh, I see. Let me let me see here. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see. No, I read forty two twenty one. I apologize. I read forty two twenty one just now. I'm sorry. I don't know why I put forty three twenty three on there. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's forty two twenty three. And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. I don't know why I put that that down there. I don't know. Oh, he took Simeon. Let's see. 42. 42.23. I just read that to you. Where does it say where he took Simeon? Uh, the corn. Bum. It says, and he says that we are true men. We are no spies. That's in 31. So then uh, we come down here and he says, and bring your youngest brother back. Um, somewhere in between there. <laughs> I've lost it. Oh, here it is. And Jacob, their father, said unto them, Oh, this is, they're already back in. We've already missed it. Sorry. No, that's fine. But anyway, to make a long story yep. short, he takes, he takes Simeon and locks him up so his brothers can go back to get his younger brother. We gotta get the storyline right. See, Hollywood's not good at that. No, <laughs> they never get the storyline right. No, but I remember those really but, well. He did take Simeon, and then the rest of them went back. They're thinking, oh, my gosh, they've got – He's it's like collateral. Yeah. Simeon's like collateral Correct. or a pledge, you know. To make okay. sure they come back. Yeah. And so they're like, man, if we don't go back, Simeon's dead. Oh, and if we don't come back, he said we're all going to die anyway. Right, because it's So I thought famine. it was interesting how, how, how Joseph put this, puts, puts this all together. And so this is what Joseph did for his brothers that actually caused great alarm among them. He put the money they purchased for food back into their sacks. So they buy the food, Yeah, they give them their money, and they're on their way back, and all of a sudden, their money, the exact little sacks of money or whatever, is actually, what? It's, 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 in, their, it's in their food bag. Boom. He's like, I it's don't want It's in their sacks. Money. And so when Joseph's brothers returned to Jacob and told him they uh, were accused of being spies and that they were to return back to Egypt with Benjamin, you know, what was their father's response? What did he think about that? Uh, nope. <laughs> He's like, no way. You are not taking Benjamin. I sent Joseph out to check on you guys. Next thing I know, he didn't come back. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden the sons are going to stand up. And so Reuben offered his father, uh, hey, slay my two sons if I don't bring Benjamin back. I'll tell you what, you can kill my two sons yeah. if I don't bring Benjamin back. Which wow. is a nice offer, but not if you're his two sons. No, no. That kind of reminds me of a lot. Here, take my two daughters, please. Oh, right. I mean, we. I think it, Lot knew that they were not going to take his daughters well, because yeah, they weren't interested in just women. Saying, it's just the thought of it, you know. And I'm I can sure, just imagine Hadassah and Adai going, "Dad." I'm sure Reuben knows what? that his dad's not going to slay yeah, his sons. But this is this is crazy. Yeah. So the famine was so bad that, that Jacob told his sons, "Hey, you got to go back down to Egypt." You know, once again, this is a circumstance that can't be dealt with in another way. It has to be dealt with a certain way. And so Judah's response was, listen, Dad, Abba, we have to go back to Egypt with Benjamin. Those were his words, you know, and Simeon is held up there. We have to go back with Benjamin or we're all going to die. Yep. And so they're going to die from the famine anyway. And so Israel, which is, of course, Jacob, the father, he's upset with his sons for mentioning that they had another brother. Like, what were you doing? He's like, yeah. well, Dad, I mean, I'm just telling the guy the, the family storyline here, and I'm just telling the story, and this and this is this is what happened. He says, how could you tell him about Benjamin? Why would you do that? I mean, See? how were they to know that they were going to be like, oh, go back and get your brother? <laughs> they know. don't so, know it's so Joseph. It's so here we have you know the, the brethren, the, all the sons, before the father, minus Simeon, who's being held up in Egypt, 
And of course, you know, uh, Judah took full responsibility for taking Benjamin to Egypt to prove that they were not spies and bringing him back safely. So once again, Judah's coming to the forefront. He's rising up to the storyline. He is. He, he made a good decision when he said uh, that Tamar was more righteous than him, and now we're starting to see him taking responsibility. He's he's stepping up. He's turning a new leaf. He's That's right. He's, he's an maturing, intercessor. Maturing. Standing in the gap. He says, And Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou, and also our little ones. I will be surety for him of my hand, shalt thou require him, if I bring him not unto thee, and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. Wow, he's taking the responsibility. And uh, he's like what the, uh, what son was he? Fourth. He's the fourth, Reuben, Simeon, Levi. Judah. Judah. So he's the fourth son. So all of a sudden now, they're dealing with this leader from Egypt, and he's made these requirements upon the of course, Jacob's sons about, hey, listen, you got to bring Benjamin back to prove your case. And then, you know, Simeon's being held up. But uh, when, when Israel decided that his son should return to Egypt, he told them to take the best fruits of the land, some balm, some honey, some spices, uh, myrrh, nuts, almonds, and double the money. And that's what he wanted them to take back, of course, uh, to Egypt. Uh, for that second in command, the particular gentleman under Pharaoh that they don't know is actually his own son, which is the brethren's own brother. Yeah, they're calling him Asaph Panea, right? As- whatever, however you pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to help you with that? No, 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 no. It's Asaph Panea, Asaph Panea, Asaph Panea, something like that. Yeah, Zafnath Panea. Zafnath Abundance of life. So, of course, here's the storyline now. Uh, Joseph actually prepared a dinner for them when they returned back to Egypt with Benjamin. Because, you know, we like fellowship and food. So he's going to have, you know, food and Benjamin's there and he prepares a dinner for them because he's probably excited. Man, my brothers came back. Yeah. And I get to see Benjamin. Yeah, I think he's also trying to show off a little bit, you know, because if he's preparing yeah. a dinner, then he's like, hey, look how wealthy I oh, that's, am. That's, that's awesome, you know? you know? And of course, you know, it's like anything else, you know? I want you guys to think about something, you know? And, and I like to brag a little bit because you know what? Why not? It's fun. Because here's the thing. <laughs> how many Hebrew Roots congregations get to say they had a congressman come and speak? Not many. Go ahead and name them, Ryan. Zero? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I have Imagine that, I everybody. have no context for it. And this is that. a guy who took to the House floor and spoke his piece Oh yeah, about the impeachment inquiry. Oh, he did. I oh know. yeah, and you can actually look that clip up. Ross Spanner on the House floor speaks his mind. Check it out, everybody. Ross Spanner, our our representative here, our congressman. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Okay, and I'll tell you something else, Ryan. How many Hebrews congregations are having the Orthodox Jews contact them because they want to connect? That's next week. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I think this is a good thing. Oh, what I we're witnessing, yeah. Ryan, is incredible. Oh, and it's for us, you know? I mean, think about this. Well, it shows we have a good witness, at least. So Joseph's brothers were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house. You know what I'm saying? It's like Trump Towers. Oh, man, what did I do now? Oh, yeah, they're in the, the lion's den Yeah, now. they're yeah. going into the Taj Mahal. Layer they're the they're going into the cat's meow. They're going into the you know, the mansion. Yeah, gold. Joseph's house. He's it, second in command. You don't get no shack. I heard that it was huge. It was huge. Huge. It's a huge house. Yeah, it's, that's good. Um... And so anyway, you know, they were afraid because why? Because remember, they had their money in their sacks. 
Uh, and right. they continued on home. So they're thinking, oh my gosh. Yeah. He's going to want that money back or how'd that money get into our sacks? And, yeah. and this is Joseph's response. I love Joseph. He's messing with them. Just messing with you. And he said, peace be to you. Fear not. Your God and the God of your father hath given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. Mm. So he's kind of just fooling them, playing around, you know, saying, hey, you know, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. That's a God thing, you know. And so that's interesting. And so here's a great question. Who did Joseph Stewart bring out to his brothers? Simeon. There is Simeon. Well, it, I mean, it shows they kept their end of the bargain. They brought Benjamin, right? So now they could get it's Simeon It's all back. coming together now. And of course, when Joseph's brothers washed their feet and realized that they were going to eat bread, uh, they gave, of course, Joseph the present from their father. Right. He gave... They gave uh, uh, Joseph the presents. It's like the fruits and the balm and the honey. And so, you know, they're, all, they're, all the brethren are together. And they say, hey, our father wanted you to have this. That's nice. Our father. And Joseph's like, my father. Wow. And, and he's like, you know, in Genesis 43, 27, why don't you read that? 43, 27 says, and he asked them of their welfare and said, is your father well? The old man of whom ye spake, is he yet alive? Oh, so he's trying to get info, yeah. right? He's alive. And of course, you know, they responded, yes. And check this out. After Joseph confirmed that Benjamin was with them, all right, he went into his chamber and wept. Yep. Something touched him. Remember, he, he, surely, surely his heart that was a stony heart is starting to be cracked with the start of like Reuben. Well, of course, seeing his brethren, there's a little bit of revenge there. But of course, seeing and hearing Reuben wanted to help him, and you know, that really touched him. Yep. And my father's still alive, and he sees Benjamin. He's just, you know, this is 13 years that have gone by, and he is just taken aback by all this, you know. And of course, once again, it was an abomination for the Egyptians to eat with the Hebrews. And uh, I love what Joseph says, I'm just messing with you. He puts them in their birth order. Oh, yeah, that's right. He just sets them up. It's, it's funny, you know, sometimes when I take pictures of my kids, I want them in their birth order. Okay, you here, you there. Do you ever <laughs> yeah. do that, Ryan? No. You're lying. So anyway, <laughs> don't make me look at your social media and find the picture of them in order. I mean, so I'm just they saying naturally that, go from tallest to shortest a lot of times, you're right. Well, that's true, too. I mean, that, that'll work, too. So what I'm saying is that he puts them in their birth order, and they're just flabbergasted about that. They're like, what? 4333, why don't you read that? Uh, it says, and they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men marveled at one another. Like, what? Like, how did They're you know? probably looking at each other, you know, on the, a side angle. Like, how does he know? You know? How does he know? I mean, that right there is incredible. And of course, this is what happens. Um, Justice decides to give Benjamin five times more food than the other brethren. He's going to see, well, what are they going to do about this? Yeah, this is getting weird, right? Yeah, let's give Benjamin some more food. How about some know, favor, you know? Yeah, let's give Benjamin some more grub, right? Can you imagine that? Yeah. Five five times more. Imagine if he had a steak. He had five steaks. Everybody else had one steak. He wanted to see what kind of... He's like, I don't want you to have to choose between the filet mignon, the New York strip. He's trying to see if they've learned you know, a lesson. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I really believe this. Yeah. Like, you know, you knew Joseph was the favorite. He had the coat. He was the man. And look at what you did to him. Now, what happens if I go ahead and want to put something on Benjamin, call him out and favor him? Say, yeah. What are you going to do to him? It's another test. And I think Joseph wanted to do it because it's his brother. That too. Who want, you know, it's like, who wanted to do that for, for your brother? 
And of course, you know, um, when Joseph told the steward of his house to fill the men's sacks with food and to put their money into it as well, uh, he told the, the steward to put his silver cup into the youngest one's sack, Uh-oh. which is Benjamin, Benjamin. He goes, by the way, I want you to give them the food, right. put their money back in there just like it happened before. And by the way, take my cup. And of course, I want you to put it in Benjamin's sack. And um, Joseph, of course, set his uh, brothers up by giving them a head start before sending his steward to confront them about his silver cup. And what did his brothers say should happen to the guilty party? They should die. Wow. Wow. Well, he should die. That kind of reminds me when, when Jacob said in reference about to, to Rachel, Rachel yeah. about the idols. Well, and it's hey, about whoever Benjamin. has your idols, Laban, let them die. They should die. And hey, listen, they should die. And it's, liter- it's Rachel's son, Benjamin. That's right. And there you go. That story's being played out again. It's just history and repeating And of course, uh, he basically says, uh, you know, what would happen to the other brothers in Genesis 44.9? They'd become slaves. They'd become his bondsmen. Hey, listen, don't kill us. We'll, you know, we'll be the Lord's bondman. You yeah. Know? So whoever we'll, stole it, let them... Let it go. Let them live, let them, but we'll serve you. Let oh, no, let them live. die. Well, that's eventually what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because here's the thing. He's saying, if I find this cup, that person's dead. They're right. going to die. And the rest and, of you are going to be my slaves. Well, I don't know about that, but but basically they're, they're, they're crying out, with whomsoever of thy service to be found, both let him die, and we also will be my Lord's bondman. Right. So in other words, there's like, two punishments, right? So whoever right. has it, let them die. And the rest of us will be your and slaves. And we'll serve yeah. if you find that cup. Yeah. But they didn't know. They were pretty sure they weren't going to find it, huh? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, it's not, it's just, you know, it's just the whole plot. Yeah. It's the whole, it's the whole, it's the whole test here. And it goes on to say in uh, Genesis forty four eleven. then they speedily took down every man his sack to the ground and opened every man his sack. And he searched and began at the eldest and left at the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Imagine the anticipation. This is an oh crap moment. You got to yeah. take the, and yeah. here it comes, dude. Okay, do do do. Now the money's, you know, the money's coming out. And they're like, don't they're let like, it be they're, Benjamin. They're probably like, don't oh let gosh, it be Benjamin. My money's back yeah. in this bag. Right. And they go, oh good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, not back then, but I was yeah. thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? Yeah. So they get to the last guy, and all of a sudden, it's like a suspense. It's like the music comes on. Yeah. yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. Tink. Here comes the cup. You right? know, that's just a... Then I mean, they ripped their clothes and laid it every man his donkey and returned to the city while they found the cup in Benjamin's sack. Ugh. Wow. This thing is really getting out of control now. It sure is. And of course, you know, um, they rent their clothes. They're like, oh, man. Boy, they're just being antagonized, aren't they? Think about the agony. But what did they do to well, Joseph? Hang on. So this is the worst possible scenario for them, right? So they, he, I mean, both Reuben and Judah have put like their kids' lives and their lives on the line to make sure Benjamin comes back. And what happens? I mean, they're just they're in limbo right now, probably devastated. I mean, I could imagine. Check this out. In, in Genesis 44, 15, as we close out the storyline, it's very amazing. And Joseph said unto them, What deed is this that you have done? Watch ye not that such a man as I can certainly divine, right? Or make trial, right? And Judah said, What shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we and he also with whom the cup is found. 
In verse 17, he said, God forbid that I should do so, but the man in whose hand the cup is found, he shall be my servant. And as for you, get you up in peace unto your father. Go back to your father. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm keeping Benjamin. All of you can go back to your father. And we leave the storyline right there at that. Now you reap what you sow. So remember, a lot of us might have some unfinished business. You need to understand that you need to take care of business. That's right. Make things right. You know, if it be possible, be at peace with all men. Man, this story, Ryan, I'm telling you right now, uh, I say in the 90s, because I went to, I, I just feel led to tell you this story. When I went to Israel in 96, 97, and 98 for the Feast of Tabernacles, it was an incredible experience. Uh, cool stuff. But the one time that we did go, we had 12 people on the trip. And we took a banner about the two sticks becoming one in his hand. Ephraim and Judah in English and in Hebrew. And for the parade, because of the uh, ICEJ, the right? International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem. Right. The ICJ, great acronym, acronym there. But we carry this banner with 12 of us, and we gave out candy and stuff. And I have pictures, and I think I even have video. But anyway, above the bridges were the Orthodox Jews. Mm. And they're looking at the sign. They're, they're going, Ephraim, Ephraim. I'm telling you, Ryan, it was the most incredible experience that I could list. Yeah. That they understood that we as Christians, that love Israel, that want to come alongside, Ephraim is coming back. Yep. For those of you that are listening to this podcast, listen closely. Not everybody's going to get this. It's okay, but it's still a truth. It's kind of like Pilate has Jesus right in front of him, and he asks the question, what is truth? So here's the thing, everyone. God has a storyline playing out, and it's funny how Hollywood has hijacked our culture and degraded it and full of debauchery and sin and immoral, but the fact is that we all are actors and actresses on the stage of life, and the curtain has been pulled back, everyone, and you need to know the role in which you need to play. Because that is your life. Did you do what the Father placed into your heart? And if you spent your whole life doing what you wanted to do, that will be your reward. So that's a word for a lot of you. Because I have known this truth since the early 90s about Ephraim and Judah and the nations. And we're making sense of it, and it makes sense, but we have a lot of work to do. We're up against confusion and the spirit of Babylon. But unity always wins. Amen. And so we thank God for his hand upon us that what he scattered, he would gather. Amen. And I'm telling you, we had a gentleman come visit us for Hanukkah, a Messianic Jew from Poland, and his name was Jezreel you last night. You can't make that up. You cannot make that Which up. Jezreel and what does that means... mean? God will scatter. Right. God, will, God will scatter. And, and great will be the day of Jezreel, of Jezreel and Hosea. So we're going to c- continue on in the storyline next week. You know, we are very excited and God is moving everyone. I want to encourage you that, that God loves you. He hears your cries and you don't fit in. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. The culture is wicked. You have to discipline yourself. You have to be strict. You have to figure out how you're going to practice your faith and what you're going to do. Can't encourage you enough to be in your word, to worship, and to pray. Because God's word will not come back null and void, everyone. So happy Hanukkah to all of you that are listening. We really appreciate you. And I'm telling you, 
great things are happening. Remember, what's happening in the earth is not a result of, of Hasatan or demons or falling. What's happening in the earth is God is allowing these things to happen to get to his children. God is creating circumstances to bring Aliyah and all kinds of cool things for the Gentiles in the future, I believe. That's why there's going to be another election in Israel on March the 2nd, a week before Purim. They're having another election among the parliament. Oh, and by the way, kudos to the Tory party, the Conservative Party of England, <laughs> Boris Johnson. They have a majority because you know what? God is not a socialist. And I'm telling you, the, the Labor Party and, and Jeremy Corbyn, that whole group, there's just... Even him, he himself would never apologize for anti-Semitism. And the truth be, needs to be told that we as Christians need to call out anti-Semitism. We need to respect Judaism and the Jewish people. And that's, that's my message. That's what we're going to do because God is on the Jewish people's side. God is on their side. And think about all these different factions and this and that. Matter of fact, um, the three people that were killed by terrorists in New Jersey, they were affiliated with black Hebrew Israelites. Okay, and there's this crazy teaching going on out there that the Jews in Israel are not the true Jews. Let me tell you something. If you're Jewish, you're Jewish. If you're not, you're not. But I assure you, there are a lot of Jews in the land of Israel today. To say that those are not the true Jews is taking away from Joseph's coat of many colors, from all the different ethnic groups that we have uh, being grafted in, the natural branches. I'm telling all of you this because, because this ideology is false. It is false. Remember, the whole house of Israel is made up of Jews and non-Jews. Come on, somebody. We're going into the third night of Hanukkah. That's right. And you know, <clears throat> the story of Hanukkah is um, is the story of secularism versus Hellenism versus, or Hel I'm sorry, Hellenism versus, um, you know, versus Judaism in a religious sense. Religious versus right? secular? The religious versus the secular. Those that, that have the Spirit of God and are seeking truth um, from God and through His Word— and those that would say, hey, you don't need that. It's a battle that's going on in Israel today. It's a battle that's going on in our culture. There's those of us that are out here speaking truth and, and reading the Word of God and, and praying and worshiping God, the, the one true God, and then those that are not. So happy Hanukkah to all of you. Hopefully you guys are a light uh, to your families and to your coworkers and to those around you. And I think Pastor Nick might have another thing to One say. last thought for Ooh. Hanukkah. You all guys right. are going to love this. This is an incredible revelation that came to me on Saturday at the Shabbat message. But here's the thing. We know that the 25th of Kislev, of course, was Sunday night. All right. And in 167 BC, this is when, of course, Antiochus defiled the altar in the temple. Remember that date. It's historical. We know it through, through even Josephus, through the Book of Maccabees. Historically, this is what happened. But three years to the day, 164 BC, the, 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 the Maccabees, right? The Maccabeans, the big revolt. They rededicated the temple and the altar on the exact day. Now, why is that so important? Because I'm going to tell you why. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Consider now from this day and upward, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. So what are you saying, Pastor Nick? Around 521 B.C., we're discovering that the temple is being rebuilt after the Babylonian captivity, and it's dedicated on the 24th of Kislev. So what does the enemy want to do? I'm going to come in the next day or that evening, and I'm going to desecrate it, and that's going to be the holiday. So what do the Maccabees do? They go in on the exact same day that the altar was, was of course, desecrated by a pig or whatever, unclean animal. And they say, no, we're going to rededicate. It's yeah. like erasing. 
I always like pencils with erasers. We're going to erase what Satan did, and we're going to rededicate it. And what does that mean, everyone? We go back to Haggai 2.18 on the 24th of Kislev. And, and think about it. There's a good possibility, if that's the case, Yeshua would have been conceived on the 24th of Kislev at the time of Hanukkah yeah. and been born in the fall. So that's something to think about. You know, that's why this time of year is so special. So special. Remember that. We don't know his birthday. We don't have a birthday because he's, you know, from God, all things come. You know, nobody made God. From God, everything comes. Think about that. That's incredible. So just, uh, you know, just meditate on that. Just think about that because we're actually moving towards uh, some prophecies in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, I I believe it is. Let me check that real quick here um, in closing. Uh, Why is this so important? What does this have to do with the future temple at all? Well, it's it's very interesting because in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, it goes off by saying, Let no man deceive you by any means, this is the Apostle Paul, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So there is this word going out that the Messiah is coming, Jesus is coming, and Paul's saying, no, 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 this has to happen first. There has to be a falling away, and there has to be the son of perdition. Goes on to say in 2 Thess- well, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So once again, everybody, we know that some kind of the temple is going to be going up. People are debating and arguing, is it going to be mankind, uh, the, the temple Mount Faithful, uh, or is it going to be the Messiah? The bottom line is that there's going to be something going up on that temple mount for, sure. for the Antichrist to sit in it. So keep that in mind as we look up, because your redemption draweth nigh. And just remember, I only need two people to be excited. Do you count? I'm counting Woo-hoo. me and Ryan. Ryan yeah. and I. That's right, baby. Awesome, guys. Wow. Miquettes. Uh, and uh, like I said, we're not going to do me dogs next week. We're going to skip that one. And we're going to go ahead and jump into sound effects? Via Gosh. Um, I don't think I have any more cat sounds. I don't. That was a horse. <laughs> oh, he's going to come back on a horse. He, he is, right. He came on a donkey My the first time. My kids were asking me, are there animals in, in heaven? I said, well, Jesus comes back on a horse. Eh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, there you go. Hey, just take the scriptures literally, right? I mean, that's what it says. He's coming back on a horse. So anyways, thank you guys for listening. God bless you. If you guys want to live stream our services this Saturday, we are having a Hanukkah celebration service on Shabbat as well as on Sunday night for our new moon service. Um, You can reach out to me at ryan at twopraise.net. That's ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. You can live stream, like I said, our services on our website at twopraise.net. Or if you want to uh, go on any of our social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, um, Instagram, and the like. Uh, If you want to call the office, you need some resources or anything, it's 813-654-2222. God bless you guys. Have a great week.